Hello, everybody. Welcome back to La Cantina MX Football Podcast. Streaming live on YouTube and on Twitter Spaces. Join in the conversation. We are going to be talking about quite a bit tonight. We obviously have the quarterfinal results from Ligia. But, of course, Chivas continue to be the big talk now that they have a new designated driver. I mean, Deportivo Directo. And we also have some dirty laundry to air out from Nestor de la Torre. Oh, boy. It's going to be a good one. Joining me tonight, Joel. How we doing, bro? Good evening, Tiny Man. I'm doing good, man. Lots of cheese, man. The, the, the type I like. Oh, dude. Today couldn't come soon enough. You know, we had the obviously the news with with uh, Fernando Yero join, joining Chivas like to start off my Monday morning. We'll get into that later. And then obviously like last night with Nestor de la Torre uh, hopping on a podcast and just talking about shit that happened 10 years ago. Oh. But... With, the, with the party, with, with, the, with the main, uh, the punchline, dude. The, it was 26 girls <laughs> and then he's like... No, it, it was 25 in a dude. <laughs> it was 25 in a tranny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like, um, you know, David, he's like a, like a journalist, right? David Medrano. Yeah, he yeah, did, he is. And I, I feel like the the clubs like trust him because like he did that interview with uh, Peláez. Yeah, I mean, or or you just have, you know, you just have enough juice uh, within Diga MX. You just know the right people, uh, which you're able to, because it's very difficult uh, in Mexico to get to get interviews. Yeah, uh, it's not like in the U.S. where you could, you know, um, they're kind of like like they kind of have to do them. So like you know like. It's easier to grant, to to get um, access to it, and in Mexico, it's just so difficult. And you could be part of, you could be working for ESPN or mm-hmm. or another, and you still won't get access. So it comes down to like who you know, you know, Palancas, dude. Yeah, and I feel like there's like a small list of people that like they trust that won't definitely. Yeah. But, it's uh, very controlled, man. It's very controlled. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. you know, let's just leave it at that before we we end up somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we had some quarterfinals, uh, albeit a, a bit disappointing. Obviously, with America, the number one team, it really was no competition. Uh, they lost. Uh, I mean, they won the first game 6-1. Uh, in Puebla, Puebla actually got off to a good start with the with a goal, but America went in and they won that first leg six one, and then they came back and added five more on Saturday eleven to two was the aggregate score. I mean, for America, I feel like Liguilla hasn't even started yet, dude. And you in saw Puebla tweeting out Yahweh, <laughs> this game's already over. It was pretty funny tweet on their part. Um, yeah, they, they yeah, got that they, from Oswaldo Sanchez, huh? <laughs> no, it's it's um 
it's a meme, dude. It's a meme. Yeah. But were you expecting that, Jaime? Were you expecting Ame to be this this dominant force? Well, look, like I knew that they were gonna be like favorites, but I thought Bella was gonna show up, man, and it didn't even show up. And a lot of people said, "Oh, you know, they did Chivas a favor. You know, they they're over here taking the yeah. beating that would have been Chivas." But I disagree. I think Chivas would have would have given him a little bit more competition. We probably we probably would have lost, but it wouldn't have been like an eleven to two scoreline. Yeah, and I started joking how Puebla Puebla um they sort of like spend all their energy against Chivas. Uh, <laughs> I forgot what I used, but pretty much, man. Um, and and it sucks for the coach because he's a really good coach, like Larcamon, and he had such a great season you know, for the team he has, and then to finish it on that note. It's like shoots and ladders, you know, you got you got pretty high up on the yeah. rating. And then comes America and then he just he just slides all the way back to the bottom because it's it's um yeah, pretty harsh stain. Um let's see if he stays in Puebla again or or some team. I mean I I would still be willing to give him a chance if I was like another club. <clears throat> hey man, he has he has passed the audition with flying colors. He's shown that he can he can at least be competitive with literally nothing. And I think yeah, he's, I think he would be great at a different club that would invest more into the players and, and have a better squad. He's made them very consistent. I forgot the stat, but they were showing like how many times Puebla had qualified to Ilia like in the past X amount of years, and then how many times they've qualified under Larcamon. So he's he's definitely made them consistent and, and made them a team that, oh, that at least gets gets to the big show. And that's that's for a lot of teams, that's very important because that's, that's extra income right there. Yeah, I mean, Webla for a long time were irrelevant, and he's made them relevant again. But uh, we'll see what happens to him next season. Well, the America coach, too, if if he wins the league, we were talking about, you know, he's he's getting, he's been mentioned a lot. And FMF's always done the same. Their MO has always been the coach that wins the league. So I think is if he does that, I do think he would be a very strong candidate um, for after the World Cup, if, if that, that doesn't continue. Um, I think he'll be like if he doesn't continue, bro. <laughs> well, you don't know. You don't know what you don't know what could happen, Jaime. You know. <laughs> I think hey. for his own health, he's gonna gladly resign or just basically allow his contract Dude, to what, expire. What if, what if he makes one of those runs to the semis? Like, like that's it, Korea's bro. The- you walk away from that, and 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 you live to tell the tale, bro. There ain't no way he's gonna sign up for another four years of this shit. <laughs> you think you'll just leave walk off into the sunset? Mm. I think they would double down and give him a massive contract. And it's like, dude, you're it's a World Cup guaranteed. You're you know World Cup qualifying. You're already guaranteed. Oh um, yeah. Most likely you get to play a Copa America because that's in the works since there won't be World Cup qualifying for Max US and Canada. They are talking about having another Copa America right here, mm-hmm. and and there's no compet- 
the confederaciones used to be like it started being used as the you know like the dress rehearsal like pre-game yeah yeah the dress rehearsal for the world cup and and it, i i feel it could be something similar and and um i don't know why why wouldn't you man i i think if he did get far the media would be back in his nuts again yeah he would have to do something historical with mexico for for them to be like all right bro let's let's re-up <laughs> let's re-up this contract but I, I yeah. like, I honestly felt that Osorio should have gotten that chance because I, I liked Osorio as much as, oh. as much as people hated him and like didn't like the fact that he kept changing the lineup. Yeah, we, we didn't have any qualifying issues, and the players seemed to have his back. Yeah, but, but you know, the, you know, the thing with qualifying is that Konkakov is so inconsistent that some World Cup qualifying cycles are going to be more difficult than others. You're gonna get no, somewhere. I agree. I agree. Certain teams, like when Costa Rica, they were had one of their best generations ever, you know, going into 2014, and they ended up doing that run. Uh, Honduras, you know, they they usually field a tough team, even if they don't, even if they don't win anything, they will still have a very strong, tough team. And and same with some of these Carib- Caribbean teams like Jamaica. And and so I mean, don't they could make your life miserable, man? And and other other qualifier, it's like those teams aren't there. That's like, you know, we had Canada like, all just, of a sudden come up. Yeah, well, no, I wouldn't say all of a sudden. They've been working at this. Yeah, for, they've been going at it for maybe the past twenty years, where they've been um just investing in in football and um. You know, like from putting teams in MLS to starting their own league because they, they do have their own league, mm-hmm. and and you know with stadiums and all that, and 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 then getting to host the World Cup. So no, I, I it does seem that way, but I feel that they just they've been working at this for a long time now. <clears throat> I just I don't know, man. I like the Sodio. He always had a really good like he knew how to handle the press. He had very like tactical like analysis and. He made it look easy, bro. Like we we had some victories on the road in the World Cup qualifiers that we hadn't had in a long time. We weren't losing to USA. Like, like things were good, you know. And I I felt like his his, was, but, his tenure should have should have been another four years. Well, this, this was my main critique of him. He was never able to win a second round game. In in the tournaments he played, he never won second round game. Are you Wait, talking about he, uh, which ones are you talking about? Are you talking about like gold cup and stuff? Because I'm pretty sure we won a few gold cups now. Under Osorio, yeah, I think he's he didn't win anything with Mexico. Nah, dude, he definitely won something. Oh, I, I gotta look this check. Up. Let's let's ask the internet, dude. Come on, <laughs> he. I know he did not win any second round games. <clears throat> With the selection, and uh, I see Wait, that Wikipedia gave me his... another guy. Hold on, <laughs> I see Colasso's here. Why? Why hasn't he requested to talk? I let him talk. Uh, I guess he's not. Maybe he's not in an area where he could. Damn, bro! You maybe you're right.
we had that we had that legendary loss to uh, Chile under him. And what that was the second round game. That, that was the second round. Yeah, that, that was uh, that was that was pretty ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was at that game, man. Oh, oh. damn! I would. So it's your fault. Oh man, you right. couldn't sleep that night, huh? No, I, I by halftime, I, I I was in the the beer line the whole time, man. Just getting refills, <laughs> man. <laughs> But yeah, no, no, that was brutal. I, I can't remember Osorio winning uh, a gold cup or, uh, or not. I, I just off the top of my head, I can't remember. Now, now, granted, I think I think what uh, Jaime was saying about Osorio, I didn't necessarily have an uh, issue with him, and and I know, I know that it was sort of a weaker uh, qualifying phase, but that's that's not his fault, man. You know, was it, you you play who they put in front of you at that time. Yeah, the, other thing, but, but, the, other, the other thing I liked about Osorio is how well he defended set pieces. Oh, that, yeah. yeah like, Ken. he, he, oh, he stood true. that deep. The way he set up that defense, you know, they, I mean, aside from from Chile and Sweden, uh, man, they did pretty well at, at, at uh, not getting, uh, you know, hit by the U.S. Or, or any of the other taller CONCACAF teams, right? And, hell, they went over into... Um, Columbus and had what's his name Marcus was that that was with Osorio right Marcus scored that game winner um which game was this this was at Columbus it was one of the uh, I think it was a qualifier yeah no yeah yeah you're right so he was very good at set pieces and uh that said I I I don't know necessarily if he should have gotten renewed but but uh he did well with the media. He 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 did he did a few things really well. But yeah, that second round was was uh, that he, was a tough pill for him to swallow. We won a gold cup in 2015, but was Piojo still that coach? Was Piojo. Yeah, that was oh. Piojo. That was Piojo. They oh. sacked him right after Mar- that. Martinoli. Yes, on the air, on the on the ride back on the uh. airport, he had been talking shit about his daughter, and <laughs> Piojo went up to him and said, "Hey, you know what?" Martinoli chickened out, but Piojo's hothead, man. Yeah, and then we, we, we lost to Jamaica mm-hmm. in 2017. I remember now. What yeah. what game was that, though? That was uh, semis. So he yeah. did win. Uh, he won quarters against uh, Honduras, but then we lost to Jamaica. All right, so I was I was wrong. Yeah, but I mean, damn it, you're right though. We we didn't really win anything under him. Um, well. Well, I mean, second round, most of those, most, and then I think in Confederaciones too, uh, when when went home right after. But that's kind of the big thing for Mexico to to be able to win, you know, those second round games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, no, no. no, like you were talking about uh, that. I think if he got to the semis, I like. By, by some odd way, man, I still don't think he wants to come back. No, he doesn't. Because he, he, was, he was handling the media just fine early on, and all of a sudden, the Mexican media hit into the next gear, man, and Tata's He was getting putazo yeah. after putazo, and he just wasn't yeah. ready for it. No. When did they replace the people that brought him? Yeah. Torrado and I forget those, I think Edu, uh, Memo Cantu or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
some of these dudes that brought him that were like his confidants and all of a sudden they're gone. And it's like, he sort of feels like that they're, they're just placing all the blame on, on that group, you know, like the, the Federation, instead of taking responsibility for how they handle certain things, mm-hmm. sort of like just blame the coach. And I feel that like Mexican fans always seem to go along with that. Yeah, it was the coach's fault. <laughs> like we just removed the coach and it's almost like all these other problems are just going to magically go away. It's, it's it's the norm, man. If if the, uh, the if if the Mexican press prints something and 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 the press is in bed with with some of those federativos, right? They're gonna they're just gonna follow suit. Saying Campo said it recently. I don't know if you guys heard that interview where he said a lot of what's going on with the national team is not not the fault, but it's something that's been going on because of how the league is structured and and all of this. So these problems have been ongoing for a long time, and now we're just seeing the results. Yeah. What did you mean the way that it was structured? Well, you know, though, because there's more foreigners now, so that means there's less Mexican players. Oh, yeah. There's, I think there's about, don't quote me, bro, but I think there's about 80, 80 players less yeah. than there would normally normally be you mean 80, per season. 80 domestic players? Yes, 80 Mexican players. Oh, okay, Mexican, okay. yeah. I oh. mean, that's a lot, dude. That's a, that's a big number. That's a big chunk of players that you don't know how many of those would have Panned gone out. on to do something. Yeah, to pan out. We've got players that seem average, and then they end up blowing up. Um, like, like um, or Hermoso, you know. Uh, I was uh, watching the interview because uh, I, I started looking at David Medrano's like YouTube channel. And he has an interview with uh, Jose Luis Real, El Huero, you know? Oh, uh, yes, legend. Posted. <laughs> and, uh, I haven't seen it. I haven't it's seen really it. good, man. And he was talking about how he was at Toluca. They hired him as, as the coach. And then they changed their mind and asked him to be like the Fuerzas Basicas, like, yeah. director. And he said that uh, he, he, he had like 10, 10 players, 10 prospects that looked really good, but. Vistante didn't want any of them because he was under the pressure of like bringing Toluca titles. So, you know, Real said that the project got like canceled and those 10 players, like, you know, who knows like what, where they could have ended up if, if, yeah, uh, and it's, if Vistante had given them an opportunity. Well, and, and also because teams are using less players, that means less opportunities for those guys to end up somewhere else. You know, it's it's like it's it's like full capacity everywhere. Um, I think fans seem to think that clubs can just get as many players as they want, but they have a budget as far as like you yeah. know, huh? they have a budget for like forces básicas, and it's like yeah, you can't have all these players there because you have to feed them and and close them and transportation and medical and so many stuff man some of these kids because they're you know they don't have money so it's like if they get hurt usually the club will foot the bill mm-hmm. um it's all these things but what are real man he he gets a lot of hate uh it surprises me from the chiva faithful um they hate that dude <laughs> and he's done he, he's done so much for the club. Oh yeah, man. And and they hate on this guy, man. They 
there's massive hate, but but Real his trajectory is very impressive as far as like how he went about as a formador, how he went he went to like to study like the Ajax, as where he met like Hans Westerhoff. And it is coming from interviews he's done. Um he worked at Atlas when Bielsa was there. So he was there working with Bielsa. He had kind of Pumas back when Pumas was like the main, you know, they were the main, uh, can, not Cantera, um, the main, the main club oh, for, for developing youth, yes. Like, with the uh, academy? Yeah, the Pumas Academy, man. Every, pretty much every big name was coming out of UNAM and he had been there. So this dude had done his homework and Chivas brings him in in the early 90s, like, I gotta say around 94, 95, that they bring him in to restructure their youth program. And that team, that team that wins in 06, I don't know if it's 06 or 07, ironically against Toluca. 2006, um, yeah. Yeah, that, the core of that team, all of those guys had been as youth under, under Huero Real. Well, Medina Bravo and, and all those guys? Sancido, all of them, Masa. all of them. He had... He had been since kids. Yeah. Yeah, he also uh, had the privilege of coaching um, Pep Guardiola at Dorados. Was it, what is it, uh, the manager of Dorados? He was the manager of Dorados when Guardiola played there. God damn. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. There was there was that, 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 uh, that channel, um, Jaime, would look pretty good. I I, start, yeah. I ended up poking it out, subscribing to it, so I could kind of follow yeah, along man. a little bit. There's a lot there of was, interviews. He's got interviews with like a bunch of players and and coaches and stuff. I'm like, damn, this is great. They had a, I don't know who whose interview it was, but they're talking about how Bielsa was was almost a Chivas manager and. Oh yeah, I need to watch that one. Yeah, it's yeah, with, but, it's with the doctor. Doctor, uh, what or, the hell is this? Ortega, Ortega, no. Ortega, Ortega, yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty. Hoyle knows these guys better. Yeah. Wait, Doctor Ortega, there was the Chiba doctor, or yeah, yeah. yeah. his nickname. Oh, was he that guy is. He interviewed him. Is, uh, he, he talks about like Medina's uh, surgery and and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, he was very good doctor for a lot of years. Um. Even Marquez, when he got injured, came back to Max to get to get operated by him. Yeah, yeah Dr. Rafael Ortega. Then they started blaming him for shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> this is after years and years of fucking being regarded one of the top in the field. And they started blaming him. And well, the thing is, it's like, it's not guaranteed, you know? You, you yeah. go under the... It's not always guaranteed. Yeah, and a lot of times you also don't know if the player took care of themselves. Yeah, did, did they rest? Did they started trying to play sooner? So you have all these things. So he started getting blamed for some shit. <laughs> so it's trippy. Um, not saying that he never fucked up. That that's always the case too. Yeah, uh, you know we're bound to mess up. But yeah, this this guy had he was linked to Chivas for years. And then they booted him around the time Almeida was there. They they made Almeida 
they, gave, they just gave that position to Almeida. <laughs> like, hey, here you go. It's like, you just, just take an online course on, uh, on medicine. <laughs> you're, you're good to go, which was trippy. Um, was trippy. That's, that's when they gave him, he had like, what, five titles? Yeah. Right? Remember Almeida? He was the, the head of youth. He was like, just pretty much everything. Dude. He, he was the medical guy. He, dude, the, the parrilla master. El George was like, tu, tu, ponte tu, ponte el stethoscope, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, they were just, I guess they didn't have money, so they were like, <laughs> me, I was like, fuck it, I'll do it. How do you get me? This channel has interviews with Efrain Flores, El Travieso Guzman. Yeah. So Flores was also at Atlas when, when Abierta was there, and so Flores is another guy that... Yeah. In, with youth that he's been like he's developed a lot of youth yeah but they don't get credit though uh, fans would just they seem to just credit the coach you know like when la volpe goes to atlas yeah and all these players that had come out and in, in real and Flores well, he deserves credit for, for giving him the debut and the opportunity but but, but not he the had scouting to give part. Him the debut. no but he had to give him the debut because that's what atlas had been working at yeah like they didn't spend years working. Well, I mean, like at the end talent. of the day, at the end of the day, it's it's the it's the coach who decides who plays and who doesn't, right? So it's like no, I know, but but you were going into a team that had all that talent, like right? Like I don't think you were just gonna discard it because they were youth, because they were very talented players. Mm-hmm. Um, Osorno, um, Cepeda, Cepeda, yes, Marquez. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, Marquez, dude, getting called up to national team at what seventeen? Yeah, maybe eighteen. Uh, those guys were already like at that level. He uh, and, and he won the. What's that? Pavel Pardo was out of there, wasn't he? Borghetti. I, not their tecos. I, I I always confuse the two. Okay. We could we could ask the internet. Yeah. <laughs> here's, a, here's an interview with uh, Alberto de la Torre about uh, that that story of uh, Scolari almost being Mexico's national team coach. Oh wow. Uh, well, it was through Nike, right? Mexico yeah. was, was in Nike. Nike, uh, yeah. Nike was, and Nike sent him for the interview, and I don't know what happened. I think the son just took it out of courtesy, but I think they, that's when they, they call a volpe. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, oh, yeah, he did start at Atlas, and then he moved to Tecos before America. That's why it confuses me, because he was, I remember him being, Atecos and hated that he went to Ami. But <laughs> yeah, man, part of another massive hey, guy. Careful. But just really Yeah, go ahead. What happened? No, just really quick on, on Efraim Flores. Cause he was at Chivas, you know, and he also helped him develop talent. And guess where he ends up at? When? Pachuca. Pachuca? Yes, Pachuca, right? With Hans Westerhoff. Two people Chivas had. Now Chivas is paying out of the ass for players that are being developed yeah. in Pachuca by the developers that, that they already had. Yeah. Which is like, I don't know, man. It's it's almost as embarrassing as like Manchester United letting Pogba go for free and then buying him back from Juventus and then letting him go for free again. When, you know, it's like, and then it's just crazy. Um, yeah. We got to be careful now that we're going to talk about Cruz Azul America because we have uh, Abdias and Ricardo listening in. We definitely want to uh, 
hear their thoughts. I know with Cruz Azul, Abdias had mentioned, you know, hey, like, you never know, never going to give up hope. Uh, the first leg, 0-0, and then in Monterrey, they lose 3-0, and they get eliminated to no one's surprise. <laughs> um, I did invite you all to speak in case you guys want to say something or add something. Um, there we go. You're on mute, Abdias, but welcome to the show, man. All right, guys. What is up? Yeah, like like he said, like I said before, you know, we got to defend. We got to do it overall. I think Cruz Azul did their job. They put up a good fight. You know, they held it out until, what, the last 20 minutes of the of the second game. So they did their job. Los postes calaron con madre en contra del Cruz Azul. That's all I have to say about it, right? <laughs> it, was, it was a good game. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, Monterrey, I mean, you know, they were they were going to be favored in this matchup. Um, I don't know, They man. were, but they weren't, like, shining, man. Yeah. No, no me impresionaron. Like, yep. Cruz Azul jugó, aguantó. Like, there was moments, right? Tampoco Cruz Azul jugó con madre, ¿verdad? Pero, like, there was moments when I was like, you know what? It can go either way. It can go either way, and then unfortunately, it was it was the away the away game. It was, we know how that goes. Yeah, I think right. what what screwed you guys up was not getting an advantage at home, not scoring a goal at home. I think going into you know Nuevo León, it's kind of tough to go in there zero zero, knowing that a draw would go into Rayel's favor because of the the table standing. So. Um, exactly. But exactly. hey, you and got farther than Chivas, so <laughs> that's you know that's typically the name of the game. Pero también we have chingos more money, so we tend to throw that thing around quite well. That's why we hire out a lot. Pero they never become anything. On the other hand, Nacho Rivero, both games was the one that had the clearest shot on goal. Dos postazos from free kicks. So hopefully we don't sell him. Because he's turning out to be a, very quickly a fan favorite, and seems to be the free kick taker. So why not keep him? For sure, we did talk about America earlier. Uh, I don't know if Ricardo was on. I don't think he was on yet. Um, but we're still waiting for Liga to start for them. Uh, I got through Puebla pretty easily. Uh, in my opinion, the most entertaining match out of all these was the Toluca Santos game. Back and forth, back and forth. A lot of good action going on. And in the end, uh, Toluca defeat Santos. And they're the only team um, that remains that are not in the, the top four. So they were considered an upset. And with Tigres, we're not going to get that Monterrey matchup. Regio Clasico, they ended up losing to Pachuca. Well, they didn't technically lose. They won the first game very last minute thanks to a penalty kick by Gignac. But in the return leg, Pachuca uh, got the 2-1, and they go through 2-2 because of the the normal regular season standings. So in the end, we have uh, we have Pachuca Monterrey and Toluca America. Ricardo, what you got for us? Uh, 
You, you, you misspoke again, Jaime. What's that? It's Papi America, man. <laughs> and and regarding uh, Cruz Azul, is a typical Cruz Azuliada, man. Like, those guys have no heart. I don't know, man. No, 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 no. You know what? I'm going to come in here. Cruz Azuliada are a real thing. Pero esta, it wasn't it. It wasn't it. Pumas, Cruz Azuliada. Right? America, Cruz Azuliada. This one, it happened. The team wasn't there. It was better stacked. Ahora, pecho frío, a lo mejor. ¿Verdad? Pero Cruz Azuliada, no. All that talking for nothing. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but, but, regard, but regarding the biggest team on the continent and on the Western Hemisphere, man, I'm dreaming right now. I, I, I don't. Someone needs to pinch me. I don't want to wake up. I tuned in to watch football, but I thought I was watching Brazzers. <laughs> it, epic porking. America le dio camotazos a Puebla. Dude, it was uh, it was pretty brutal out there. You know it's bad when your own Twitter is like, please stop. <laughs> and, and that's that's the same team that eliminated Chivas. So man, we probably would have gave them twelve. Uh, I was telling you well earlier, like you know, everyone's saying, oh, you know, Puebla, you know, sacrificed themselves so Chivas wouldn't have gotten embarrassed in that quarterfinal, but. I believe Chivas – I mean, I, I don't think we would have won, but I think it would have been a lot closer than 11-2, to bro. Like, that was pretty embarrassing. Yeah, Chivas would have parked the bus as usual, but you're right. They probably, would, they probably wouldn't have gotten uh, scored on like that, but the result would have been the same. Yeah. My issue right now when I'm looking at these semifinals is they're going to be played – uh, well, actually, I thought they were going to be played at the same time, but it looks like America plays uh, Toluca tomorrow at 7, and then Pachuca Monterrey on Thursday at 7. I don't know why. I thought they were both playing at the same time, same day. Uh, my my mistake. But with this matchup, are are you already celebrating the, the title, or should you be concerned with Toluca's uh, firepower? Definitely some concern with the firepower, but that back line is very leaky for Toluca. I think we got this in the bag. Yeah, I mean, you guys have all the advantage. It's home fields, best team in the league. We'll see what happens tomorrow. It should be a really good game. Uh, I think whoever wins that wins the title. I don't know if Pachuca or Monterrey could could compete. Give, give me Pachuca. I want, I want my 2007 revenge. Man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. With Monterrey, I just I don't see it happening. Um, but ironically, you have uh, you have King Midas, man, getting them into a semifinal. Uh you know, Chivas kicked him to the curb. He he comes back at Monterrey, and he's leading them to almost uh, almost a final. It's it's pretty impressive what that old guy can do, man. Very and, he, and he had taken Chivas to semis when he was there. He did. 
But that, that was fool's gold, Joel. That Leon team hey, styled on you guys. He still took him there, man. He's, you know, he still had them that far. We were talking about a team that can't even qualify to Liguilla. So give the man some credit, man. He, he took him that far. I, I guess, but what I don't like is all the media ignoring that the same. The, the the two teams with the most money, they always end up playing rato. They always end up parking the bus. They always got that le- those eleven players to have that one back line. And no, these teams want to be considered grandes, but they always play that same. They they play classic USA two thousand two bunker ball, man. Yeah, but you know it worked for them because if you see how many titles. They've both been winning for the past 10 years. And how often they've been making playoffs. They've been very dominant in, in the Canary card. So I I, I I see I don't see why they would want to change that. And it was it was um Muse who is known for being like very defensive. And then Tuca as well, who's who's very rigid as, and so and, and that's why that's why they'll never be grandes because un, unlike every other team in Liga MX, MX America is the only one that has the obligation to gustar, golear y ganar. Not even Real Madrid, man. <laughs> Real Madrid, who Real Madrid ended third uh, as the club uh, in the club awards for the for the year. They gave it to Manchester City, man. The club of the Rightfully year. Rightfully so, man. Rightfully so. Who was number two? Liverpool? Liverpool. And then the Champions League winner, Madrid, with like five nominated players. One that won the Ballon de Oro and goalkeeper of the year. But no, it's Man City who wins the club of the year. <laughs> it was just like more exciting football or... Uh, I don't know what the, they had to. They had to win something. Dude. I don't know what the decision was, how it came to that, but I think it was just the uh, France not wanting Mbappe to go to Madrid. Hey, well, Mbappe is not going to the World Cup, right? Why not? I heard he was injured, so he's missing it. I don't know. No, I think he's fine. He's fine. He might be competing with someone else. Oh, that's uh, Jota. He just got ruled out for the World Cup today. But he's Portuguese. He's not French. Um, We made it this far while talking about the biggest news of the week. Chivas have here, a, Chivas have a new... <laughs> Chivas have a new DD. And uh, his name goes by Fernando Hierro. Real Madrid player. And uh, a winner. And... I think everybody else is upset about, you know, not talking about Liguilla and talking about America because <laughs> the whole week we're just talking about Chivas, bro. They announced it, uh, you know, during Liguilla, right? They announced Pelaz's departure. and or, No, what did they announce during uh, Liguilla? They announced something. And then they and then, and then it just, like, took all the news by storm. But uh, Fernando Hierro, uh, the new director, sporting director of Chivas, and uh, that's what I woke up to on Monday morning, man. It was a great way to start the week. But uh, how, how, you know, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? I, I really want to know how you guys feel about it. 
Nah. I think when she was brought, um, brought uh, Johan Groit, that was bigger. That was even bigger. Uh, granted, he was sick and whatnot, but I think that that project was like higher undertaking. And then that, I don't know what happened exactly. That project where... was dead on arrival, bro. He was an advisor, he was not sporting director. So, like, how much control? Was he gonna well, have? But, but he, it all comes from him though. Like his, his like, kind of his vision and his idea of, of how to structure the team. And so he had his people there running it for him. So I don't think he has to be there. Do you know what I mean? He's like the mastermind. He already said everything. So he just had the people there, just just doing, you know, paid by numbers at this point. Um, but I, I do feel that was that, that was like the bigger one role. This was just one guy that that hasn't worked in what four years. I think was the last time he. Who he Fernando? Was, uh, yes. Yeah, and he was like his situation was a little bit more fucked up because no big team came knocking on his door, man. <laughs> it's, hey, it's true for for the success he had. I have to wonder why why weren't there offers or why wasn't he accepting them? Well, I think the confusion was this, right? He wasn't really known to be like a coach. And he was the sporting director for Spain when they won the Euro and when they won the World Cup. Um, and then in uh, 2018, like days before the uh, the World Cup, Lopetegui, was it Lopetegui, right? He was the yep. he was the coach of Spain, and Real Madrid had announced that he was gonna he was gonna coach Real Madrid, like before the World Cup started, and I guess the federation didn't like that, and they fired him, and then he had to step in and and be like the last minute coach, uh, for the 2018 World Cup, like a couple days before the before it started. So he's never he's not really been known to be a coach. He hasn't really had much success as coach, but as sporting director, man, he's got. He's got a pretty impressive record, so it, you know. Unfortunately, we have to seek to the uh, the external, you know, the foreigners. But maybe for this role, we we do need a breath of fresh air because Amaudi on paper did the right thing, right? He brought in you know one of the best sporting directors available, which was Pelaz, and Pelaz hired, which was on paper the best Mexican coach of all time, you know, with with Vucetich. So going with like Mexicans, it didn't really work out. So now. We're, we're trying something new. But for me, it didn't work out. Semifinals. I'm going to point to that again. Semifinals, they were the number of players they were debuting and playing on youth. It was, it was a good number. And I don't have the list. I lost it, but I, I said it before. I just think the big, the big art, like people hated it. They just didn't like how we played. They thought it was too, like, like Latonero, like they were going with Ricardo's hot takes. I, I didn't really care as long as you're in Ligia, as long as you're getting the results. I, I don't really care how the team is playing. But I do feel that he was he was doing a, a, a good job. Um, and he, he didn't leave because of results. Let's keep in mind, his last five games, they were all like draws and wins. He, he got sacked after beating Pachuca. 
which is uh, has been Cuba's focal for a long time. And I think that was all from Leano who was pushing to to take over. And even now with Fernando Hierro, that's the big rumors that it was Leano that brought him in. Yeah, where does this come from, man? How do you how do you get somebody like that? That's my question. Well, Leano's been he just has a lot of connections because he comes from money. So you know, you always kind of getting to attend these functions where you meet all these people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when they host, they, they'll host like football symposiums and whatnot, and so they pay a lot of money to go there, and a lot of times it's, you're, you're mostly going for the meet and greet, not so much for, for what the speakers are there to talk about. It's more like you, you get to connect with these other um, individuals in, from the football world. <laughs> Well, I think whether Aleano had an influence or not, at the end of the day, it's all going to come down to a Maori and how open-minded he is to Fernando Hierro, sorry, not Fernando, uh, to uh, Hierro's uh, suggestions. And uh, what I mean by that is that I'm a guy that sees the glass half empty. I see the negative stuff. I see all the negative corruption in Liga Mekis. But on the positive side, I see somebody that's coming in that's not corrupted, is not tainted by those things. So he's not, not the whole promotores, that whole promo food shit going on with Tapatio. Uh, as far as like negotiations, he doesn't owe anybody favors, things like that. So gets a fresh start on the landscape. Now it's going to come up to a Maori when he comes up to him and says, we need to do this, we need to do this. Uh, you know how Atletico San Luis, they have those Atletico Madrid uh, owners and they criticize so many things about Liga Mekis, they think they need to change. If Hierro's the same way, Amari's going to have to be responsive. Same way his dad was with uh, Cruyff when he came and said, you have artificial turf, it sucks, replace it all with grass. He said, all right, let's do it. It's going to cost me a lot of money, but if you're saying that's what we got to do. If Amari's willing to do those things and if they're willing to give him the patience that they gave to Ricardo, I think there could be a lot of positives. Chivas got enough of those Ricardos, huh? I don't, I don't think they ever gave Ricardo patience. I don't know. I, I think... <clears> they <throat> given a lot of patience. I mean, I know you like, no, you like to uh, make the arguments, but he, he, he did give results. He said in his conference, uh, he went from quarterfinals to... Whatever, they're always like in Liguilla or whatever the case might be. But you also have to realize that throughout the season and everything, there was a lot of dips, there was a lot of lows. It was all roller coaster. It was always roller coaster. It was consistency to making it to Liguilla and making it around. But look at Liguilla, how many teams make it to Liguilla. If it would have been top four only make it to Liguilla, I'm pretty sure Chivas wouldn't have made it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's his defense. Oh, well, we were in Liguilla every time I came in. Yeah, but what about the regular season? Yeah, it was a roller but Chivas is not a top-four team. But Chivas is not a top... They haven't been a top-four team in, like... Well, that's his job, bro. Yeah, his job is... His to, job. That's his job that's to his make job. us a top-four team. And he failed. Yeah, but... But when he failed, why? Because he couldn't bring in players? He failed because he told us... He told us we were going to win championships, and we didn't. And well, we, his word. He couldn't keep his word. But I'm saying... How, how is he going to bring the top players in the club from before? Well, don't come in making fake promises. Yeah. He should have analyzed that beforehand. He could have said but, that. Yeah, exactly. But, but if he doesn't do that, 
if he comes out saying what Joel says, he's diminishing the brand. Yeah, and, and look, this is another thing. You don't have, like, to say to Saka Leaño or even Avarela. And Yaro's not going to have it either. And if and if uh, Leaño brought him in, he's not going to ask for this dude to pay why is he meddling in club affairs. And if you say from food, do you think that thing's there and no one has their hand on it? You know, all of these dudes most likely do. And so he's he's not coming in and he's going to say to change all of these other things is more likely like just concentrate on, on the, what's on the field. Don't worry about this other stuff. <laughs> don't, don't worry about what we're doing, bro. Just, uh, yeah, don't, don't look behind the curtain. That's more of a sporting director. Huh? Sporting director is like your general, um, your front office guy. Yeah. Yeah, but, but we're talking League IMX, man. So there's a lot of shady shit that happens in Mexico, and Yeto's going to find out. But the one thing that I like, I'm looking forward to is he the the focus on the youth and developing players. He obviously did a really good job in Spain doing that. I mean, and they were also blessed with like an incredible generation of players, and you know, so I mean, but I I do hope that they do sort of focus on Tapatio bringing in players, and then I don't know, man, like. He would have been a great sporting director for honestly, like a club like like America, because they can they can use his network and and connections to sign foreigners. But here at Chivas, he's going to be limited to just Mexican players, and it's not typical. It's not his forte. So it's going to be interesting how it goes with like the negotiations. We're already starting to get uh, rumors of like Alexis Vega, you know, ten million for from Tigres offer. I think that's just like the media trying to put pressure on on Yero already. And uh, I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see what kind of refuerzos he'll bring in. Because Amadi said that there will be new blood coming in. And then I also well, think he gets the first season as a, a freebie. Him or whatever coach he gets, learning experience. See, you guys. Do you really bring a guy to give him a, a freebie? And you a, him it's a money? learning experience. It's a first tournament. He, but he's, he's not, he's not a new he's, already established. He's, they started doing he's, that. He started career in so he comes in, you know, he's a, when you go in somewhere, if you start firing everybody, most people are going to be afraid of you and like not wanting to work with you. So you kind of got to come in and give most people the benefit of the doubt. And once that tournament transpires, then you're like, all right, well, these guys are obviously shit. So they're going, 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 going. And that's when really a change can start kicking in. Because if you just come in and start getting rid of people to be cut, well, that puts everybody else on need. Yeah, but he's not going to get rid of the people that brought him in. That's the thing. Well, he no, got... I'm talking about players. Oh. I mean, he, they already got rid of Dick Chain. <laughs> <laughs> but but, Chiv- but Chivas isn't like other teams. Yeah, you guys, you, you brought up a good point. You, they will be scared, but not all of them are not. They can't get rid of all of them. Let's not forget this team is broke. Well, they, they must have some money. Like some, there must have been some some inversion, some some money that came in to bring this guy in. And when you bring in like the, uh, you know, a lot of times when, when the clubs do something like this, they'll bring a GM, and it's usually like they bought a package deal. You know, they they have a coach and like. 
three or four players. We're just not going to announce it. Yeah. But it's, they're usually all tied together. So, so somebody sold him a package deal and they went with that. Dude. He wouldn't have and taken the job. thing I'm tired of hearing is Chivas is broke. I am so tired of hearing that. I'm sorry. But they are. No, I know they're broke. In the sense that they had all those legal lawsuits with a Angelica Fuentes and a bunch of other shit that was going on. And they, I think even Alan Pulido has a lawsuit with them. Oh, I get damn. the whole lawsuit thing and all that aspect. But at the same time, you're also selling us the narrative that Chivas has 40 million fans across the world. And a uh, majority of them in the U.S. Uh, we yes, saw this Guerrero News. Every sports show was talking about it. They weren't even talking about Liguilla at opening. They were talking about Yero coming to Chivas. Chivas so doesn't Chivas get money for that. So much weight. You're not going to tell me that Chivas does not pull that much weight when it comes to uh, doing TV no. contracts in the U.S. and Mexico. No. Chivas Femenil no. on their Instagram is one of the teams that has the most engagement in yeah, the world social media, on social media. So if you, you, you can see the numbers. Media, your engagement, that, that's ad revenue right there that you can create. I'm, so what I'm saying is that we get this whole narrative that Chivas is broke, but at the same time we get this narrative that Chivas is so popular and so many people want Chivas on their TV shows, on their channels, on their Instagram. So you're telling me none of that's being monetized? It's monetized, but it doesn't make the type of money you think it does. Exactly. Um, no, just, I'm not saying hundreds of millions, but I'm just saying... Just, but still, it's not it's a lot. Just, I'm starting to think that this is a story where, like, you know, Parents tell their kids that they're broke just because they don't want to spend money. <laughs> look, look, when, you, when you're looking at the big clubs that have money, they don't have money because of the club. They have money because of who's running the club. Yeah, but when so, I I hear broke, I think like Querétaro, I think like Mazatlan. I'm like, I'm not. Well, maybe not, not, not to that level. Companies behind them. So does America with Televisa, Cruz Azul with the Cementera. Yeah. I get that. But you're not going to tell me that Chivas money-wise cannot be between 10 no. to 8 and be, be having enough money as far as 10 or 8. You can't get like one, two, three legit signings. But they can't because they, they're competing with the top four. And then after that, you have the MLS teams. So then that's that, that puts them way down now as far as like, when, when uh, I, 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 I honestly players. think that's BS. You tell me, like, Fernando Navarro, who's always been consistent for uh, Leon, and now he's over at Toluca, that uh, he's never calls up for national team. I guess he's high, but he's always consistent. You tell me, like, Chivas couldn't drop some money on Fernando Navarro. They couldn't drop some money on Eduardo Aguirre at Santos. I'm not saying... They didn't want to sell Vela, that. But, like, medium-level experienced players... But, yeah, yeah I mean, but some of those players, the, the clubs didn't want to sell. So that's the other thing. Uh, you can't just go and offer. It's it's like you have to have some type of connection or else they won't negotiate with you. And that's that's happened to Chivas. And I know it was happening to America recently where the clubs just wouldn't negotiate. It, you know, We're and over here penny-pitching for a like, Peruvian, bro. Well, so the narrative of the most popular team, the most fans in Mexico in the U.S. Like Algo no cuadra. It doesn't equal. Yeah, it doesn't. Something all, doesn't add up. All that's a lie. All that's a lie. America doesn't well, because, <laughs> <laughs> No, but like look, looking so for like TV and even T-shirts. So like if T-shirts, I mean jerseys. So if you get like 20 million and it's like four years, that's not a lot, especially compared to what teams that like less popular, but they play in stronger leagues, make 
Um, I'm gonna look for this. It's like this talk with um, Vieta, and he's talking about the numbers. I'm gonna see if I still have it. I'm gonna send it your way. But he, he broke it down really good. And you could see it, like I started paying attention. So you could see, for example, um, how much Chivas had made with Telemundo a few years back, where they, I think it was 50 million for like a four year contract or something like that. And then they were trying to get 80 million or between 80 and 100, and it never happened. Um, and they still don't have a long contract. In the US, it's yearly. If you see the, if you see, like you could you could check the news of like the TV deal, and then in Mexico is the other thing where they had to do the whole Chivas TV because they couldn't they couldn't get like a good TV deal. Televisa was trying to rope them in, which they had for years, and they tried to get away from that, but no one offered them like more money than that. Yeah. So they're kind of in limbo where in Mexico Chivas is shown in like five different stations. And then that, that that's not better because it, it's, you you want to be exclusive. You want to be in just one station because then you're guaranteeing 11 million views for that one station. And that's when sponsorships and all that, it's more money because it's 11 million people. And But now you're broken into five. And so that's less. Especially well, that doesn't sound like a very popular team to me. That doesn't sound like a team with 40 million fans. If you have no leverage well, I mean, on the negotiation table. But it's a country. It's, it's a lot of things. I mean, they remain popular where they go. They'll fill the stadiums and whatnot. But when it comes to TV and, and shirts and all that, it's a whole it's a whole different ballgame in Mexico as a whole. never It's never had that much money. That's why you have all these clubs trying to push for something here in the U.S. because they know they can make triple, quadruple of what they'll make in Mexico. Just on the kill numbers alone, if, if you look just at the FMF, how much money they just make here in the U.S. as far as like amistosos, uh, sponsors from like Home Depot, and they have like 20, and you see the amount of money they're making compared to what they make in Mex, it's dude, they don't even have to play in Mex anymore. They're almost at the point where they'll petition people to that. Hey, just, <laughs> just, just make the Rose Bowl our home stadium. Th- that's what I was going to mention, Hall. Big sponsors, like the big teams have, they don't pay. They don't pay teams that don't make the playoffs and lose in the pechaque. <laughs> <laughs> he was just waiting for that. Let's get one thing straight. Let's get one thing straight. But but that's true though. That, that is true though. Like like I, I'm not joking, but. She was not being able to be in, in those moments. It's again, it hurts him too. Exactly, Paul. Well, let's get one thing straight. Like I just said two times. Chief, everyone's watching and talking about Chivas because it's a train wreck, not because it's a big team. <laughs> they, they got the da- they got the Dallas Cowboys syndrome. Everyone is talks about them, but when it's crunch time, everyone knows they're never gonna make it. And they always lose, man. It's, so they make uh, it once like, every 10 years. Exactly. They keep no, that's people. a low blow comparing us to the Cowboys. Damn. <laughs> but the similarities are there, Big Al. It's like uh, that scene out of Pirates of the Caribbean. It's like, you must be one of the worst captains of all time. He's like, but you have heard of me. 
Exactly. <laughs> Same thing. No, I, I do think that the media sort of sells and all has like sold us off from this narrative of, of the popularity and all that, but not the reality of like, you know, just how expensive it could be to maintain a team and why you've seen so many teams fold or you have multiple PLA and whatnot because it's it's actually like owning a club is like an expensive hobby. You're most likely going to lose money than make it. Yeah, you got to watch so, the uh, the Wrexham show on hulu it's it's eye-opening like ryan reynolds and uh, rob whatever like they're running this i need club. to see that yeah they're running this club and they're starting to realize how expensive it is and like holy shit what did i get myself into <laughs> oh, oh, they're, oh they're making their money back i seen an uh, article recently they're making their money back on with that show man really yeah, yeah. With, of... the, with the with the new followers oh. and the amount of attention they get and the new sponsors and those guys aren't. Uh, let's let's just put it this way: they're not, they're not uh, complaining like Chivas about money, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, what <laughs> Reynolds was able to leverage his like gin company and TikTok and all that. So, and they got their games on ESPN Plus now too. Oh wow! Maybe, maybe Reynolds should go to Chivas. Yeah, <laughs> that would be great. Dude, you know, there was there was a rumor that Fassi was trying to like buy a percentage of the club and be like a, a directivo. Andres Fassi, he's in Pachuca guy? Right Former Pachuca guy, yes. Oh, he's not a Pachuca yes, anymore? In, no, he's been in Argentina over there where he's he took uh, over yes. a team. Yes, and he has them over there. He's he's made them competitive and uh, oh. he's one of the candidates to take over the as like Argentine uh, the league president so that's kind of where he's at right now but there was a rumor that he wanted he wanted to buy in huh interesting so uh one thing i want to end with uh, with fernando hierro he he mentioned that he's looking for a coach that has european experience but also understands like the youth and has like played or has coached in mexico and it's a very short list of, of coaches that, that fall into those those categories or, you know, those factors. Are we going to get Hugo Sanchez as our coach, bro? Like, is that is that going to be a th- <laughs> Who? I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind I Hugo Sanchez. He's, he's a good coach. He hasn't coached in like 10 terrible. years. I know, but um, Yerra hasn't worked in four, so. <laughs> Hugo wants his revenge, man. Even Rafa Marquez said he's not that great of a coach. What makes Hugo a great coach? Wait, Rafael, would Rafael be... Pumas, where he came in and threw all money and prizes at the players, and his assistant did the actual work behind the scenes? Well, bring that guy too, man. If I mean, if he, <laughs> <laughs> if he could get a doblete, I don't mind. Dude. Bring, bring it. Well, Capello, what the Capello was the guy saying he was the one. Well, you had two dudes, right? Uh, one was the, um, Mario Carrillo and the other guy was the um, Granolati. Was it one of the guys? Who was it? You guys don't remember. No. But he won a he won a doblete, man. And I like what he did in Spain with those bottom feeder teams. He he had them playing pretty good. But what I don't get about this is 
if they were going for a Spanish guy, shouldn't they have gone for the for a team like uh, Bilbao that's similar in ways, except they don't get Peruvians and you guys do. <laughs> they, get, they get French, they get Franceses, yeah. uh, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, see, we're becoming, we're, Ricardo, we're becoming international. We got Spaniards and Peruvians. So don't, don't <laughs> knock Real Chivas. We don't know how good they're going to become. Hey, I wouldn't be surprised if he, he if we uh, he makes us do an exception for Spanish players. He's not. Oh, <laughs> There's a Guadalajara in Spain, isn't there? there yes, man, there is. Maybe he got confused. Maybe he's like, oh, shit, this is not the Guadalajara I was thinking of. <laughs> so, so off the top of my head, I'm thinking of the guys with that have the, the European experience, right? So that Google, Castilla, uh, and uh, Yeah. I don't think it's going to be any of those guys. Neither do I. What about Michel? Oh, God. Michel, yeah, Michel is one of them. Uh, you know, it's, it's, this was what, what my concern was: is that there was going to become a thing like the Cruyff project, right? Even though Cruyff was the advisor, and I know this this is different, where uh, yeah, it's going to be hands on, but that they're going to bring some some dude from who knows where. And the name I know. heard was uh, Albert Celades, who I don't yes, know. El Salado, I don't know. <laughs> So it's like, what what familiarity does he have with the league, right? I don't know. So it doesn't seem like there's anything there. And that's what my concern is, right? You do want somebody with familiarity with the league. But do you? Because look at how Matias did. Yeah, I don't think with the coach matters so much. I think it actually matters more with the sporting director because the sporting director has a huge influence on what players are coming in. So... Not only is he limited to a market he's not familiar with, he's also just limited to Mexican players only. Yeah, so, well, negotiating, negotiating with the promoters. It's the sporting director one where it's kind of like, eh. That's why I said like he kind of gets a freebie for that first season because it's not like he's gonna, he, they might go in and try to bring Chicharito or something like a big signing, but the rest of that they might do one, two medium signings. But they're not going to go spending like crazy because he doesn't even know the market or the type of players he has on the roster. If, if this is Leaño's doing, I do think they're they're going to spend like crazy. I think this is like the guy that he lost money at the tables and then went out to get a like get a loan, probably <laughs> you know, put his house on, uh, <laughs> and then comes back for like. To like double down, dude. Maybe he turned his Based memes all, all into all NFTs black. and got some money. <laughs> I do feel like I do feel that's what he's doing. He's like, uh, you know, he's not ready to throw the towel, bro. The know? just to give you an idea of how desperate Chivas fans are right now, they they were looking at Chicharitos and Velas's like bio on Instagram, and they're like, guess what? They no longer say player of Galaxy and player of LAFC. They're coming to Chivas. I'm like, bro. <laughs> I'm like, hey, bro, not happening. I think Chicharito might, but Vela, uh, yeah, not Vela. Vela's not coming to Chivas, bro. Chicharito, I, 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 I saw an interview. With him, I think 
I think his contract kicked uh, kicked over for one more year. Yep. It did. He yeah. could get bought out, though. And if the Galaxy really wanted the other guy, Suarez. Uh, the Uruguayo, yeah. they would be willing to negotiate and and say, like, all right, he, he could... He could leave for free. It's just. I think it was, you know, you know ironically, it's going to depend on their uh, their playoff game. It's LAFC versus Galaxy, and uh, who knows, bro? I mean, Chicharito has 19 goals this year. It's a lot. Well, uh, the thing is that Inter Miami, the new rumors that uh, Luis Suarez is a big target. Apparently, uh, Galaxy and Luis Suarez had like a verbal agreement, but that was it. But now that Busquets is going to enter Miami, uh, Luis Suarez is uh, becoming their next big target. David Beckham, man, he wants a uh, he wants a big name. Ewain uh, retired, I think. Yeah, so I mean, I see. Uh, to be honest, I see Chicharito staying in Galaxy, and Luis Suarez going to enter Miami. Yeah, to retire. So uh, we do have to talk about. Oh man, this is this is the my favorite part. We had a oh, yes. uh, David Medrano had an interview with Nessa de la Torre, and I'm just gonna play back the clip because it's pretty interesting. ¿Qué me pasa en Monterrey? Que se van de desmadre? No, 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 no se van de desmadre. Meten mujeres. 26. No, ching, es como 26. 26, cabrón. Yo revisé todas las cámaras. Bueno, no es cierto, 25 porque el otro era trasvesti. Y entonces vi todo. Claro. Vi todo. Yo le hablé por teléfono a Vela y le dije, Vela, hiciste esto. Oye, es que hiciste tú y tú, y estos tres hicieron este tipo, estos hicieron este tipo de falta, estos hiciste tú, tú vas a estar castigado, así te voy a hacer. Yo hablé con todos, con todos antes de... Fueron como 16 a la fiesta. No te, no te avisaron, no te consultaron. Decir, Nada. Te, terminó el partido, dan Nada. chance. Nadie. No. Nada, yo me enteré, yo me enteré. Llegando a mi oficina... Llegamos a las ocho y media a México. Llego a mi oficina, me siento, diario me tenían mis periódicos, empiezo a ver periódicos, Ay, empiezo cabrón. a ver. Bronca fuerte. Y entonces de ahí empieza toda la bronca. Yo no me di cuenta de nada. Y entonces había gente que me decía, no, es que yo no fui. yo no. A ver, güey, yo vi las cámaras. Hubo una persona que vive en el que jugaba en el extranjero sí. que me preguntó, oye, ¿hay cámaras en el baño? <risa> Who is doing lines, dude? Oh shit, bro! I I woke up to this tweet, bro, and I'm like, holy shit, bro! This guy is airing out dirty laundry. The juice that I've wanted for like ten years finally comes out. Finally. Hey, you want to give me? You want me to give you more juice? What's that? Uh, if you look at the timelines, uh, Bella. He went back to Lexion when Salcido Masantorrado went uh, left the national team, like retired. And once uh, Torrado was appointed like the sporting uh, the director. sporting director, whatever, Bella never went back. Oh. So that that tells me that Torrado, Salcido, and Massa, who were more experienced guys, older guys, uh, did a chicharito and saved their asses. And uh, and they didn't get any castigo, so Bella said, "Screw it." <clears throat> or it might be a big coincidence, but I don't know. The full interview comes out on Thursday. I'm looking forward to it, but damn, bro, did he have did, to? Did you see the other clip? Um, 
where he, where he accuses uh, Desio de Maria of partying with those guys. Yeah, I heard about oh, that. Oh, I, I think that was that's a even bigger, bigger dude. Yeah. <laughs> so there, that is. Yeah, that one came up on his YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, the full interview will come out on Thursday. I'm looking forward to it, but. He, did he really have to be that specific? Like, there was 26, well, 25 in a tranny. <laughs> I mean, if you ask me, he looks like a dumbass because he said there was 25, 26, whatever, and there were 16 players. And your idiot self went and suspended one of the more talented ones, in this case, Bella, and didn't suspend other guys like Torrado. Mata. Well, because he organized it. Because he, he was know? the one behind all of, Yeah, that's what he said. He says he says he was like the one behind it. Hmm, I don't know. One guy But it wasn't just him, it wasn't it two other dudes that got Dude, suspended. It couldn't have, have all just been Vela, bro. <clears throat> it was suspended with him and somebody else. It was two Yeah, players. it wasn't just him. Efrain Juarez and, and it was Vela too. It was those two that got most of the blame, but it could have just been them, bro. I think Ness was just mad because he didn't get invited. He's <laughs> just watching the cameras just like jealous and shit. Like, man, these fuckers didn't invite me. That just tells me Vela is never coming back to Chivas. <laughs> or Mexico. No, I, I think that's, yeah, I agree with you. I think that's good enough. Yeah. It's, what this tells me is Nestle doesn't give a shit about uh, being a sporting director anymore in Mexico, right? Who? Nestle. Oh, no. Nestle. Yeah, no way. Wait, yeah. who? Nestor. Yeah, bro. Like, oh, how, how, anyone, how could anyone hire you after that, bro? Like, you just lost all trust. Like, oh, can't hire that guy. No, he knows the game, dude. His, his whole family and him, they all been in football for years and years um he just has connections up the ass and by this point 10 years a lot of those dudes are all retired they, no one really gives a shit uh but i i think he said in one interview how he after chivas he turned down uh, offers because he he just didn't care to to do other teams and he has a um their family has a company a construction company and then they ended up doing good because they got government contracts. So it was pretty sad. I, I think what he wanted to do with the De La Torres, and, and at one point, I think they tried to buy Chivas. Yeah. That's, that's not familiar. And I think it might happen. You never know because right now it's it's um the Leaños and the, the Acrons who I think are have also been pushing to buy the club. And so I think they're the ones right now um, doing all this this, this shakeup that we're seeing. We got to convince one of those Middle Eastern people to just, like, buy Chivas, bro. You want oil money? <laughs> I want some oil money, bro. I want to turn into, like, Newcastle or fucking Man City, bro. Those Arabs only want Premier League teams, man. They don't want Mexican teams. Yeah, but there's a lot of money to be made. Is there? Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, there, if, if I think if it's, I think, and I've been telling you guys, I think it's key if they have a tournament in the U.S. that becomes popular here in the U.S., and then I think that that could kick something off. Everyone was trying to penetrate into the U.S. market, bro, and it, you have a team who's, like, arguably one of the biggest, you know, ones in North America, plus you got a World Cup coming this way, like... Right now, you can get in for cheap. See, Chivas just need to hire me, bro. I can sell the team. I can sell the team. <laughs> I mean, I think there's money being made. That's why I say that the whole if most popular team or whatever thing is not being monetized or it's not true. Because if you look up the interview with uh, Justino Compan, who used to be like the FMF uh, president, mm-hmm. he Mexico used to be sponsored by uh, Nike. And he went and asked for double the money to renew the contract. Nike told him, we don't even give that to Brazil. So, mm-hmm. no, no way. Uh, he, They went to Adidas, and they didn't give him double the money. He said they gave him five times the money of what Nike was giving Oh, no shit. And look up the interview. Uh, just type in Justino Comban Nike Adidas, and it'll come up. So, Adidas gave him five times the uniform. That 2010 jersey, the black and gold, it was one of the most sold jerseys in the world, like top three. And we, I mean, we, you can see it with the Moleros. I mean, Mexico sells. So Chivas is an all-Mexican team, has a big fan base in Mexico, in the U.S. It is not being monetized the way it should be, or everything's a big lie, and they, it's not as popular as they say it is. Damn, bro, five Well, there's times. a lot of potential there for Chivas to be a money-making machine. Yeah, but those those Middle Eastern people, they they like flashy stuff. And yeah. Chivas no, I'm not saying flashy. Middle Eastern guy, but <laughs> you know, I'm surprised like uh, a cutthroat business guy like Carlos Slim or Elias uh, Ayub or something like that, like an actual business person, uh, hasn't bought him out. Well, I guess they haven't bought him out because Chivas is overpriced with the stadium and everything. I think they want like eight hundred million for it. Uh, so I think that's why. But I think of an actual business person that can see all that potential, I think they could uh, do well. Chivas just took once too much for the team. You got NFL teams that are worth a billion. The Cleveland Browns are worth a billion dollars. You're not telling me Chivas aren't worth, could be worth a billion dollars? No, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Florentino Perez, uh, when he had his stockholder meeting, uh, NFL streaming rights were more then La Liga, all the top five leagues in Europe, so Premier League, La Liga, League One, whatever, Champions League and Europa League combined. I believe it. The NFL makes more streaming rights than all of them combined. In the internationally or in the States? Worldwide. Worldwide. Uh, NFL is the biggest league in the world, man. It's the biggest league in the world. So Florentino Pettis, that's one of the reasons he wants to create Super League because he's like, no one's trying to watch a big team play against a little team. And when he sees, we says no one, he means like younger generations. They like that quick action. So they like superstar versus superstar week in, week out. Yeah. So that's why he's trying to create super league. But yeah, Chivas, if, if NFL is out doing pretty much all of European soccer and you, Cleveland Browns are 1 billion something, Chivas is not 800 million. Maybe two fifty at most, and I think that's why no one has bought it. Well, because of the stadium, because well, the stadium, yeah, the stadium adds a whole lot to it. 
But yeah, you know, but, the stadium. But they don't want to sell. They don't want. But then without the stadium, it's closer to what you say, and and that's. But but the club's not going to keep the stadium. What are they going to do with it? You know the owner. So that's that's I think also what's hurt um, the club, and I think that's if they wanted to sell. I think that's what's prevented them from selling. Nobody wants that stadium. It's it's just a gas guzzler, man. Like a money, a money guzzler, dirty. Well, yeah, same thing. It's just overpriced. The whole project is overpriced. Damn, I didn't. I uh, underestimated the power of the NFL because outside of the states, I never felt like it's popular. I know in Mexico it, it can be, but like in Europe and stuff, I've been in Europe, bro. No one fucking watches NFL. What are you talking about? Uh, they, they want to put a division in there. They asked Godell if they can put in uh, if if he could put a team in London. And he said that London could actually host two teams. And he wouldn't be surprised if in 10 years there's a four-team division in Europe. And they got they got a yearly London and Mexico City game. Yeah. Too. yeah. I mean, the amount of money the NFL makes is insane. Like, I just told you uh, the top five leagues and everything else doesn't yeah. even come close to it. And that's and sorry to change the subject, but that's why also why MLS will never succeed. NFL's the monster. And you add college football to that, MLS doesn't have a chance. Yeah, ain't nobody watching MLS or those overpriced teams. No one believes. No one believes those teams cost that much, man. Yeah, no, definitely not. Fake real estate. That's what it is. <laughs> here, here it is. Um, um, I did this for you, uh, Pastor, from El Informador. 2017, with Akron paid, um, what they paid Chivas to sponsor the stadium, 39 millones de pesos al año for 10 years. Someone that could do the math, I think that's a million, like a million dollars. That's chump change, bro. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, I think it's not that bad for like the market because honestly, I don't think um, stadium fees are bringing that much. Uh, but it's price. it's the name, but it's like the stadium is. Has you know it's the next day of naming rights. Every time there's a game there, you know that's it's seeing your product. So I think it should be worth way more. It should be worth ten million a year, not not one million. So I mean, and if that's what they got, that means that they couldn't get any more than that. And so that's been the problem. It's not that they're not popular; that the money's just not there. And so then for these other clubs, they're getting even less. You know that that's why it's it's these other teams they're doing so much better because because of their companies they're just way bigger companies than OmniLife. I've never even seen an OmniLife product over here, to be honest. Yeah, no, I haven't either. <clears throat> and I, I wanted a Chihuahua Cola for years too. And then, <laughs> I actually <laughs> I got to I got to have one one time. It was you really, got to drink one. Yeah. But well, how um, was it, dude? Huh? How was it? Like, uh, it was just like RC Cola. What was it? <laughs> I was about to say RC. 
<laughs> I was a kid, man. I really don't remember that well, but oh, yeah, dude. I should have kept... wasted. You wasted. <laughs> should have kept it. You forgot that you were eating it with Cheetos or something. <laughs> Somebody actually gave him a tap cola. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, man, that's the show. I. I Man, uh, how do you guys feel about the semifinals? I want to hear you guys' predictions before we close out. Well, I mean, go ahead, Jorge. Go ahead. No, no, you first, Carlos. No, I was, I was going to go with. Uh, I was going to go with uh, with Pachuca versus uh, Monterrey versus America. Oh, Porque for the America va, va, va a ganar, gustar y ser puñal. Yeah, no, I think America, America is white hot. I really have a hard time seeing anybody beat me. But, uh, but yeah, no, Pachuca, America. You got yeah, I don't, I don't like going against uh, the trend. Uh, America has played for Luca twice this year. Uh, one time beat him 3-0. The other game beat him 1-0. One, uh, one was the 3-0 was last tournament when Toluca sucked, and the 1-0 was this tournament after they got all those refuerzos. But, you know, America is just hot. I think a lot of people are putting faith in Toluca because it's the uh, in the early 2000s Toluca used to smoke America, but uh, one thing I can tell you is going to be a high scoring game. Uh, yep. On average, they always go over 2.5 goals. So, you know, with Toluca having that leaky defense, uh, like uh, I think that can happen as well. Should be a lot of goals. Yeah, so if you're a betting person, I definitely take the over 2.5 on that one. Uh, America gave Puebla camotazos. And now it's Toluca's turn to chase that chorizo, man. <laughs> America all the way. Reminds me 2005 when we had Piojo, Kleber, Cuauhtémoc, Davila, all those legends. The the Because a lot of people have it twisted, man. Because Ochoa, a while back, said the stupidest thing I've ever heard. He said that Me uh, America is Mexico's Real Madrid. Well, he has it backwards. Real Madrid is Spain's uh, Spain's America. <laughs> That's how it is. And one, and I just I didn't get a chance to mention the what I thought about that guy you got. You guys got. I, All I right, go on. El, El Iron Man El Hierro? Yes. He's gonna end, he's gonna flop and he's just gonna be another uh, Pelais was a punching bag and this guy's a luxury punching bag. <laughs> Louis Vuitton Every, punching bag. Exactly. <laughs> We're thinking about the same brand hall, Louis Vuitton punching bag. <laughs> this guy they just brought him for to disrupt America's momentum and it's just the same old story. Chivas on the bottom, America on top. 
I'm surprised. I, I, I I'm surprised he didn't bring up the uh, the interview he had at one point where he he talked about America and how he was very close to to being the sporting director there. Not that plane. Didn't he say he was going to play there for a season? Oh, yeah. playing? Yeah. 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 Oh shit! I thought he said coaching or or sporting no, director. No. Oh. No. He was gonna. He was gonna go uh, collect a check from America. Right? <laughs> well, he want. He wanted to say he played with the Mas Grande, man. This, this was back when America used to used to have the refuerzos bomba, but now they're picking up the scraps from Cruz Azul and other oh, teams. Right? Oh, <laughs> there. So Those things are what, gone. Say what you will, Joel, but at the end of the day, uh, like I always tell Jaime. We're looking down. We're not looking up. <laughs> well, I'm hoping uh, to look score some goals. Um, defense will, will be a little bit uh, Swiss cheese, but uh, I, I just want to be entertained. Santos Toluca was very entertaining. I really hope that this America Toluca matchup lives up to the hype. As far as Pachuca Monterrey. Uh, I find it boring. Bucetich plays boring. Um, Pachuca, they're a young team, exciting team, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. We'll see what happens. Yeah, Pachuca should get eliminated because they are like the youngest team on age average of the league. Uh, the second to last was Santos. And then the the teams left, the one with the oldest average age is Toluca. Interesting. So, so yeah, I mean... On the list goes with Juarez being number one, but we know they just they just afford a bunch of older guys. Uh, after that is Tigres, then Querétaro, same thing as Juarez. But then it's, it's Toluca, América, Cruz Azul, Monterrey, Puebla, the guys that were in the playoffs. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't think uh, Pachuca's youth is going to be able to handle the experience of Monterrey, América, Toluca, whoever they play in those decisive moments. For sure. Well, folks, um, you guys have any closing thoughts before we wrap up episode three fifty four? Yes, really quick one. A quick one from me. Uh, Ricardo was saying Yerro was brought in to disrupt America. I don't, <laughs> I don't. I like where his mind is, but I think it's more to do with uh, trying to rebrand the club to try to get the bigger deals be a TV or sponsorships because I think they're due pretty soon for that. And with the team not being more competitive than it should be, you need to at least have something to guarantee the sponsors, right? You know, like, so how do we get now these fans more engaged? Because a lot of them had been tuning out. And so you kind of bring in nombres just to like, like um, just generate the excitement again. So I do think they'd probably be a push for Chicharo. Who knows? But they, they will need a player like that to to accompany the the Hierro, the Iron Man. Yeah. I think that's the only thing I'm looking forward to is their change is a guarantee under this new leadership. And we might get some, you know, a breath of fresh air, a new perspective. Maybe certain players that were not getting uh, the minutes or the opportunity, maybe they'll get a second chance. I'm thinking about uh, Bouquet, who is a promising player. And um, 
Hopefully, we also clean house, man. There's a few players that just need to go. They, they dropped like five, no? I think they just like uh, four. Like... Bonce is out for sure. And then who else did they announce? Mier was Who? Mier, yes. Iram? Yeah. And then Brizuela, I think. Brizuela was also shown. No, not Brizuela. Pollo. Brizueño. Brizueño. Brizueño, I think yeah. he was. Saldivar, wasn't, wasn't he on that list? Uh, so I'm a not couple sure. dudes, man. Hey, just yeah. I thought I saw Saldivar on that list. Um, they were, they also released the uh, Mexico released the list that's going to Spain for the game against I think Iraq or Iran. I forgot what team they're playing, but yeah, I mean the usual suspects are on there. Um, but we didn't get no 55 player list. Man, 55. Because you know how, like, you have to put a pre preliminary list of who might go to the World Cup. You have to, like, submit that. And I I was waiting for the list, man. It was like, oh, it's due on Friday, and, like, nothing was said. So. Wait, 55, 55 players? Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense, because when he left, he said, he said there was going to be, like, four Cuba players getting called in. And I was like, "That's that sounds like too many." <laughs> like, oh, oh, you know what it was, Joel? I, I caught yeah. that too when uh when I was watching Reaction in Cadena. They were they were dissecting the interview, and they're you know what what that was about? They're they're talking about the the young kids. They're taking the over there to spar yeah. with the main team. Ah, uh, yes. So yes. more parlor tricks from your team, man. More, more, more parlor tricks. No, but the sparring is good. I, I remember Argentina would do that in the World Cups. They would take their under 21 or under 23, and they would take them and as sparring so they could play, and then they, they got kind of to be there. You know? So I don't know if they're going to like, have a young team over there as well. For sure, folks. Um... Ricardo, you got any closing thoughts before we wrap up episode 354? Once again, I always got to thank you guys for inviting me. Number one fan. Everyone knows. Yes, sir. Well, it looks like I'm going to have to break my own rule. I usually, I'm not those type of fans that buys jerseys every year. But that Spanish kid, man. El Fidalgo, El Niño Polla, El Torbe, whatever you want to call him. Nah, I'm, I'm going to have to get his jersey. We we got the, the good Spanish one. You guys got the washed one. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, man. Well, thanks for hopping on. Um, hopefully, your America can give us an entertaining match tomorrow. Uh, Elbow, what you got for us, man? Yeah, just looking forward to some good footy, man. Uh, you know, as I was thinking, it's uh, America Pachuca in the final. And uh, I mean, I'm not hoping that there's an upset with Toluca setting America, but I don't know that that's realistic at this point. But yeah, just looking forward to some good footy, man. Absolutely. And uh, th- thanks again, everyone. Pastor, thanks for hopping on, man. What you got for me? Uh, nothing much, you know. Uh, it looks like America's gonna beat Toluca, but 
Uh, I'm be hanging on to that hope of seeing America crash after that great season they had. And then uh, hopefully uh, Nacho Ambriz gets that win because I think whoever gets the win out of Nacho Ambriz or Tena, um, they're going to become the Mexico coach. Oh, yeah, that's actually – yeah, you're right. We'll see what I happens. I think that's what they're playing for. I think if one of those two wins the championship, that's what they're playing for. Uh, Medica's coach, I don't think he'd be interested in that, but who knows? Yeah, I think uh, Tano or uh, Almada from Pacheco would make good coaches. Well, folks, thank you guys for joining us tonight. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. Uh, we're also on Instagram, YouTube. Just created a TikTok today. We'll figure out what we do with that. And uh, don't forget, the World Cup's in 33 days. Excited for that and excited to hear you guys on our next episode. Thank you guys so much, and everyone have a great night.